A white man? No! Welcome to the NSUB is a white man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we are back with another Criminal Minds recap. Yes. It's a great one. It is. I I thought this sounded familiar when I read like the IMDB description. And then it started, and I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I remember this one. And it like took me a little bit, though there yeah. were some parts of it that I didn't exactly remember until I saw them again. And it just kept getting better and better. Yeah. There's I, just so much. I forgot who the second guest star was. Yes. Me until too. you showed up. Me and then too. I was like, ah. Yeah. And then I had to look him up to confirm like, yeah. wait, wait. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. It was great. Um, we are talking about Soulmates, which originally aired January 14th, 2009. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, this one opens up in a nice neighborhood in Sarasota, Florida. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful neighborhood on the water. Yeah. If it wasn't in Florida, I'd want to live there. I know. Both of my sisters lived in Sarasota for a while. Ugh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a pretty place. Um, but yeah, um, there's a dad, and he is in the process of bailing on teaching his teenage daughter to drive. <laughs> like, they get in the car, and yeah. then he's like, ooh, I'm busy. I yeah. gotta go. Like, looks at his phone and she's so mad. Um, but he promises to give her the car when she does get her license, mm-hmm. which she's never going to because he won't teach her how to drive, <laughs> um, as long as she keeps her grades up. Um, in the neighborhood, you see in the background, there's like a group of uh, women um, just all gathered in a yard and they're discussing something on a sheet of paper that they're mm-hmm. like holding and passing around. Um, and then two of the girl's friends come over to talk to her and she tells them about the car and she's all excited. And then they start talking about, um, the paper that they were looking at, which is a missing person's flyer. Um, and there's, uh, a girl named Missy DeWalt who is a high schooler from, I think it sounded like the next town over or something, not somebody they knew personally. No, but they knew like her school or something. Yeah. Um, and apparently this is, she's the most recent in a string of missing girls. And the youngest one so far. Yeah. The other ones they say were college girls and mm-hmm. she's in high school. So they're starting to feel a little bit more scared. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they also mentioned that the kidnapper is alternating between black and white girls mm-hmm. and, uh, the main character, like girl that we meet first, um, her family is black and then yeah. the two friends are white. So like, they're like you know, like none of us are safe. (laughs) This is really concerning. Um, and then, uh, as they're discussing this, the cops pull up and arrest the dad for kidnapping and murder. Yeah. And the girl and the mother like are just shocked. Uh, but he assures them that he'll be home soon. Mm -hmm. Um, so just then Hotch and the team pull up in their giant SUV (laughs) and Hotch is like, what are you doing to the detective? <laughs> um, it seems like they've been working the case for a week now, I guess. Yeah, they've been um, there for a while. Which seems like a long time for the BAU. Yeah. They're it's usually, usually like two out. days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have plenty. He says they have plenty of reason to suspect this guy, William Harris, but they don't have enough to prosecute him. Um, they uh, suspect that he committed similar crimes in Atlanta as mm-hmm. well, uh, where they had lived prior to moving there. Um, but now that they've arrested him, they only have 12 hours to get something out of him before they can release him. Oh, You're like, oh. We love a tight timeline. Yes. 
Uh, so we get our first quote. Um, no mortal can keep a secret. If his lips are silent, he chatters with his fingertips. Betrayal oozes out of him at every pore. Sigmund Freud. Mm. Uh, so then we see that Jordan is, in fact, still here. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping she'd be gone after the last time. Uh, the neighbors are all trying to talk to her, and they're like, hey, um, is this guy who is our uh, neighbor and kid's soccer coach yeah. uh, a murderer? Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, we don't have any answers for you. <laughs> like, like we, wow, how unnerving. We think maybe, but we have zero evidence. Yes. So. Uh, Morgan and Rossi are interrogating this guy who is also a lawyer. Um, but here, you know, he makes the rookie mistake where he says he doesn't need anyone there to represent him because he is a lawyer. Yeah. Like, they're like, do you want a lawyer? And he's like, I am a lawyer. Red like, flag. No, but you also need one. If you were a good lawyer and you ha- weren't like had nothing to hide, then you would be like, yes, I absolutely need someone here. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. You would call your lawyer and you'd keep your mouth shut. Yeah. It but makes you look so suspicious. No, he can't call his lawyer or keep his mouth shut. Yes. Uh, he, um, says that he was falsely accused of raping the two women in Atlanta. And Rossi suggests that maybe he's just bored of his wife and seeking new thrills by abducting, raping, and murdering women. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rossi has a great Rossiism. And he says, being married to the same woman is like having the same entree for 18 years. And I was like, like, you would think that, Rossi. Yeah, the <laughs> same bowl of fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Harris says that every minute that they spend with him is another minute that Missy DeWalt is alone with her abductor. He's not like, wrong. Uh, but yeah, Prentice and Hotch are talking to Harris's wife and his daughter, Andrea. Um, they give him like a vague alibi. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, no, he was home. He just ran to the store or something. He was with us. He only ran out for several hours a few separate times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With no explanation as to where he was going. Mm-hmm. Um, they also say that the previous charges were a mistake. And Prentice is like, do you think it's a coincidence that your husband has been suspected of rape twice? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, not really, because the main reason you suspect him for this one is because he was suspected yeah. of the last one. Because right. as of, other than that, they at no point give any reason no. for suspecting this particular I, guy. I wrote several times like, wait, did I miss something? Wait a second. No. Wait, and I didn't miss anything. They give zero reason why this guy. It just is this guy. Yeah, they're just sure it's him. Yeah, and it's like everything that they do the rest of this episode and everything they show, because this is a very flashbacky episode, just goes to support the wild assumption they've made. It do- They don't tell us why they're making that assumption at all. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. There's a lot of holes in yeah. this plot. Um, so, yeah, um, it's uh, they don't have... Um, like any real defense of him. Like, you know, like they don't have any alibi. They don't have any good reason as to why they're like, well, it couldn't be him because of this. But obviously they're both defending their husband and father and everything. There's weak arguments on both sides. Yeah. um, They're like, they're like, well, does he, you know, is he gone a lot? And his Mm -hmm. wife's like, yeah, he works all the time. He's a prosecutor at a big law firm. And we just moved here. Yeah. But there's a lot to do all the time. Yeah, like so we're, it's like, we're adults with a teenager. We're all always busy. Yeah, it makes sense that it wouldn't yeah. be like a huge red flag. I mm-hmm. mean, unless your husband had already been accused of rape twice, right, in another city, <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be a red flag to me. But like the other stuff, like having a, a lawyer spouse who works a lot, 
Yeah, that's like that's what lawyers do. Yeah, they work like eighty Hot, hour just like weeks. Like you, you want me, you you want me to believe that your husband works a lot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like Hotch, <laughs> come on, sir, sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mrs. Harris eventually uh, gets really tired of their bullshit and kicks them out. Yeah. You know what was weirder, even weirder to me about this whole thing was the teenage daughter did like way too much of the defending of the dad, like more so than the mom. Which I mean, I guess makes sense, like you know, you're not part of your parents' relationship. You would, like, more blindly defend your dad. You would have less suspicion of him, right? Yeah. But I don't know. She's very assertive with these FBI agents in a way that I feel like if I was 16 years old and FBI agents were questioning me, I would just be like, whatever you say, sir. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I would be so scared of them. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I would, uh, even as an adult. I know. And, I mean, there's, like, the the mother-daughter dynamic just is off somehow, too. Like, the mother doesn't seem like motherly or protective of her or no. you know they're like you might not want your daughter here for this and you're like she's like no we have no secrets yeah tell her like, every graphic oh, detail just... like you should probably have some yeah though about this in particular yeah i don't know um and then i when i looked it up the girl i shouldn't even say girl woman who played andrea was 31 when they made this episode what which maybe is why it all seems off and weird because she is a full-grown adult. She does not look 31. Not at all. If you would have said 21, I would have believed that. Yeah. Wow. 31. Yeah. Um, what is she, like the same age as Paget Brewster? Yeah. <laughs> How old is she in this? She's older than... Uh, uh, Reed. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I was like, wow. Well, maybe that's why all the vibes are off and like the, all the dynamics here don't make any sense. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But uh, Reed and Garcia are looking through Harris's computer while Harris talks to his wife and daughter. Um, he apologizes uh, and she's asked, she asks him how they're supposed to make bail. And he says to put up their house, which seems to alarm her. She's yeah. like, well, what if something happens? Where are we supposed to go? And mm-hmm. he's like, don't worry about it. She's like, but well, I am, I'm going to worry about it. That's worrisome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Garcia finds a link to an online journal, um, which Reed has read and with his linguistic expertise, <laughs> this whole conversation <laughs> enrages me for reasons I will get into. Uh, so he has been able to discern by the different linguistic patterns that two different people are contributing to. Uh, the detective asks where they found him, and Rossi says that Reed was left in a basket on the steps of the FBI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love Rossi. He's so funny. Um, so he specifically mentions the term that one person uses for the strip of grass between the sidewalk and the street. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? Do you have a name for that? Um... Not really. I asked Ron yesterday and he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, that strip of grass, what do you call it? And he's like, why would I call it something? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just the strip of grass. Yeah. So yeah. like that's a super regional thing. Yeah. And it is. Mm-hmm. And he mentions that they call it in the journal, the devil strip, mm-hmm. which is something, a term that they use only in central Ohio. Mm-hmm. And Williams grew up in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was ready to throw something <laughs> through the TV because fuck this show yeah. and their lack of research. It's so because easy it is, to look it up. It is 100% mm-hmm. a very specific regional term to Ohio, mm-hmm. but not central Ohio. Nobody in Columbus calls it that. It is yeah. an Akron specific yeah. term because that's what I call it. <laughs> 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 it's like nobody yeah. outside of like, 
like the greater Akron area calls it that. That's no, not a term I've, anyone else uses I've never unless heard of it they are a anything. transplant yeah. from Akron. It's so weird. <laughs> but I'm like, it would not take more than five minutes worth of internet research to find that out. Well, they would have had to do some sort of internet research to find research out that it was called it. that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so why not be accurate about where it's from? And just say, he's from Akron. Right. Like if you're going to do that, why Columbus? Why yeah. would you pick that? Because it's not a yeah. thing they say there. I don't know. Um, but then it gets even worse mm-hmm. because he says that um, the other guy uses very specific Florida regionalisms uh-huh. like turnpike uh-huh. and filling the gas tank. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Does no one outside of... Florida, call it a turn. What do you? No, that's what it's the turnpike. I made. That's, we talked about this when the last time they did a Pennsylvania episode because they were yeah. called. They kept calling the turnpike I seventy six, and I was like, nobody in Pennsylvania would say I seventy six. You either say seventy six or the turnpike. Yeah, because like, in every state there are turnpikes. Right? What? What nonsense! I was just like, what? What do they call it? Where the writers are from? Is it a freeway? And st- no, because that's no. different. That's just a highway. Yeah. What do they call it? It's just <laughs> it's a turnpike. It's not a turnpike. Yeah. Everyone calls it a turnpike. No, only and Florida. And what do you say instead of filling the gas tank? Is it, it must be a saying that or doesn't like, refer to actually filling a gas tank, right? Like I it, don't know. It, I don't know. What I mean, I, I guess I usually say I have to get gas, not I have to fill the gas tank. But yeah, but I feel still. like that is not something that I assumed that that was some sort of saying that referred to something outside of actually filling your gas Maybe. tank, and that that's what they were trying to talk about. But it's just bad. The whole thing, the it's whole so the whole weird. analysis is bad and weird. And they're like entire investigation lynches on this. Yeah, these ideas that re- is pulling out of which nowhere. I thought also was kind of funny because um, there was this like kidnapping case in Illinois, like. I don't know, like decades ago, where um, the cops actually did find, like narrow their like uh, suspect pool down because in the ransom note, the guy used the term devil strip. And so they were able to look and find like one of their suspect pool who was from Akron. (laughs) And it's like, if you're basing it off of that, then just Just do it right. What a weird. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this whole conversation was. I think it's the kind of thing like when you're not from a state, you just like mush all the places together. Like all the places are the same. Like also. Yeah. And like, we know that these people are terrible at geography. Yeah. Like I was at a music festival in Tennessee once when I was in college and we would say, like, oh, we're from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. And they'd be like, oh, I, yeah, I know people in Philly. We're like, the different planet. Like, that's a different, totally different place. Yeah. You can't, just because they're both Pennsylvania doesn't make them the same, which I think is true of any state, really. But that's true. That's, I just so saw people that. So are like, Columbus, Akron, mm. In the, like, production of Cabaret that I went to see last night, there's the one line where he says, the, like, one guy says he's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the other guy's like, I have a cousin in Buffalo. Do you know him? (laughs) It's like, that's how the writers of this show operate, in just geography in general. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, like, Morgan's like, are you sure about all of this? And Reed just gives him the look like, of course I'm sure. I'm yep. Reed. And you're it's like, a great, yeah, it's a hop great on look. the turnpike and get the fuck yeah. out of here, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, they read the journal entries to Harris, who is like, you're insane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the detective comes in to tell them that they found Missy dead. Uh, so since Harris could not have killed her, they decide that he must have a partner. Mm-hmm. And that's who he's talking to in these journal entries. And that somehow Reed is going to figure out who the partner is solely by reading these journal entries. Yes. Like accidentally somewhere in there, he's going to be like... Giveaway. Hey, clues. Alan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to tell you this one other thing. Or like... I don't know. Yeah. Dear William, it's me, Alan. His name isn't Alan in it. I'm just using a general name. But uh, yeah, I'm like, what could he, what could Reed possibly be looking for in these quote unquote journal entries? Like whether what he calls specific roadways. It's it's bizarre. I'm like, so far, everything you've found that you think you know is wrong. So this does not (laughs) fare well for the rest of the investigation. They just make assumptions and that's all they need. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, so uh, Reed is beautiful minding the journal entries and like writing stuff all over the board and whispering to himself. Uh, and he realizes that Harris and his partner see each other as soulmates. Mm, there's the name. Ding, ding, ding. And uh, Hotch says that there is no sign of Harris having a partner until now, which I think was weird because like we learned in the first three minutes of the show mm-hmm. that the abducted girls were alternating between black and white, which yeah. you would have thought immediately would have been a red flag to him. They because tell us all they the tell time. They tell us constantly uh-huh. that unsubs don't target people outside of their own race. Like, right. They're the ones who are telling us that all the time. Mm-hmm. So you would have thought that, that they would have immediately been like... The victimology. The victimology doesn't match up. We're yeah. going to have to come up with two profiles. Right. <laughs> no. There's none of that in here. No. Um, it's just great how much they forget their own bullshit from episode to episode in order to serve the plot. <laughs> Very convenient. Yes. Uh, But yeah, he says that Harris is aggressive and probably the dominant partner. And then we also learn that the partner is a biter who left marks on Missy, which is different because that didn't happen before when they were killing together. Mm -hmm. You're like this poor little girl. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. What a horrible thing. Uh, Yeah. So then Morgan and Rossi um, accuse Harris of being super gay for his partner. And (laughs) this is where this whole thing gets so uncomfortable uh because... Because it's so homophobic all of a sudden. Like, I don't want to defend the relationship between Mm -hmm. these two men. Yeah. But it is so annoying. Like, their treatment of any sense of, like intimacy like emotional intimacy between two men like like, oh are you gay or something yeah they can't just be friends they're Mm -hmm. like i don't know what it's like to be in love with another man and you're like but like men can also just be friends with each other like (laughs) everything is about sex and if it was two women like yeah then you have like leslie nope and ann perkins on parks and rec and that's fine and that's an adorable friendship and that's totally normal for girls but if it's men then it's gay yeah like this is exhausting. Yeah. It gets so homophobic and weird. Yeah, and it's, it happens so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Garcia has found some matching bite marks on a rape victim from earlier in the year, but there's no match to a specific person. There's no, like, bite mark in the bite mark database. database. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like when you have to go in and like get fingerprinted and have your dental impressions yeah, taken like, I don't for know. like your I job the- as a UPS driver. <laughs> I looked in the bite mark database and there aren't any matches. Yeah. They're like, oh, shucks. Yeah. Like you didn't just check everyone's dental records, just everyone <laughs> in Florida. Um, so yeah. Um, 
Prentice and Garcia go to talk to that victim. She says that he was a white man who was very aggressive and controlling and left scars on her. Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, this poor woman. Um, The team thinks it's weird that there are two dominant anger excitation rapists working together, and they think that their lives must mirror one another's for no good reason, but that's the assumption they've made, so we're going to treat treat it as Bible fact. Yeah, and it's okay, because every flashback we see is going to completely confirm this. Yes. Yeah, the team decides to make the partner think that William has betrayed him, because the FBI doesn't lie ever, (laughs) even when it means getting the job done. (laughs) Uh, So Hotch asks Mrs. Harris about all of her husband's friends. And she's like, we have lived here for six months. Like we have not had time to make any yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Is Hotch really like out of that pool of people, the one you would send to break someone's spouse? No. No, he's bad with spouses. <laughs> <laughs> From his own on down. Yeah. Um, and then Prentice, meanwhile, is talking to Andrea, who is really defensive of her father. Prentice tells him that they're looking for a white man in his 40s who will check in on them and might seem like moody. Mm-hmm. You're like, ooh, I wonder if that's going to come back and be important <laughs> later. Um, Andrea is like, can you please leave? You have also ruined Florida for me, and I'm tired of having my life being mm-hmm. like in a constant state of upheaval. Um, I'm 16 years old. No one should even be talking to me without a parent present. Thank yeah, you and absolutely goodbye. absolutely not. Uh, but Mrs. Harris, uh, who sure is drinking a lot in the I middle mean, of the day, I would, I would be, be too. too. Um, she says that she and her husband made a deal when they left Atlanta that there would be no more misunderstandings. Weird. Like, what uh, a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. You know like, about whatever he's up to, huh? Drink a little bit more gin and tell me more, <laughs> lady. Because uh, she really seems to be breaking here. Um, Reed sends the partner a message via the online journal and we see the partner looking at the computer and angrily removing his glasses. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also see a flashback of Harris and the partner looking at their first abducted woman. Rossi and Morgan talk to Harris who says that the reference to a place to play mm-hmm. is just about golf. No <laughs> big deal. Uh, but in the flashback, we see Harris and the partner uh, stra- uh, like strangling this girl that mm-hmm. they kidnapped in an undisclosed location. It looks like a like warehouse or like storage yeah. room of something. And I think it's like the first girl, right? That yeah, gone missing. Uh, but the partner is George Newburn <laughs> yes! from Father of the Bride, Brian McKenzie Brian himself. Brian McKenzie, <laughs> how far he has come! Uh, it was like another. We need to just like have a database of uh, All Star '90s people. Oh my god, it was great! And I was like, oh my god, it's Brian McKenzie. Wait a second, and I paused it and like went to IMDb like to make sure I remembered correctly because it really is. Yeah, <laughs> Brian McKenzie slash narrator of my favorite audiobook <laughs> that I never shut up about <laughs> yes. on here. Um, I also didn't realize that he voiced. Um, what is it, Batman? Or was it Superman? He does one of the superheroes in, in one of the really well-known Oh, uh, one of the DC. Cartoons. Yeah. Um, it must have been Superman. Yeah, maybe. Because the Superman. Batman one was, that was Kevin Connolly. Right, yeah, I the, think it must, yeah, it must be Superman. Which I remember because he just died not too long ago. Yeah. And I loved that show. <laughs> That's how I learned how to draw, was yeah. just <laughs> watching Batman the Aww. Animated Series and drawing the characters over and over again. Um, but yeah, we also see that someone has vandalized the Harris's car. They spray painted, like, get out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mrs. Harris goes out. And I, I keep calling her Mrs. Harris because I don't think they ever say her name, <laughs> it ever. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, she's not important. Um, 
but uh, she's comforted by the next door neighbor who comes out to check on her, who happens to be <gasps> George Newbern. Yeah. <laughs> I can't call him anything other than Brian, Brian McKenzie. McKenzie. Yeah. Um, they're like, and she's not at all suspicious that this middle-aged white man is suddenly very interested in her well, family, even though they've never they, really spoken before. But did they talk to her about that? We oh, only that's see them true. saying we only see them that talk to, to the Andrea daughter. about that. Yeah, maybe they didn't. Yeah, they wouldn't. Um, Why would they cover all their bases? You no. know. Uh, but yeah, uh, Morgan keeps reading more of the journal entries and uh, gay shaming Harris. It's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Harris is like, we're not that different. We both. Uh, like went into the fields that we went into to have power and to mm-hmm. like feel important. Uh, Morgan does not like the implication that they are the same. No. Uh, Harris continues to wait for the bail to be posted. And he's like really confident that he's going to be walking out the door and keeps making references about like, Oh, I'm going to go like figure out what I'm going to go eat. Yeah. Like, um, I'm taking my family out to eat after this. Yeah. Like, really? You want to drag them out in public? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have a different entree tonight. <laughs> um, so Mrs. Harris tells Andrea that uh, Steve, the neighbor guy, has mm-hmm. come over to help. Uh, Steve tries to comfort Andrea, who seems a little suspicious of him because he's a white man in his 40s mm-hmm. who came over to check on them. Um, she tells her mother that he seems like the kind of person the FBI told him to look out for. But Mrs. Harris is like, listen... There's one person being nice to us right now. Can you just accept that? And you're yeah. like, I get that. Like, yeah. I under, like, can see I see where get... both of them are coming from. Honestly, yeah. in any situation, I'm uh, suspicious of a middle-aged white man. So <laughs> They're a very suspicious <laughs> crew. Uh, but yeah, uh, Reed finds a journal entry that specifically references the first time they met, which sounds like some kind of a neighborhood party. Mm. Like, okay. Uh, Morgan and Rossi then decide to use that to break Harris. And it's like, Reed keeps coming up with all of the stuff. Like, he's like, oh, I found this other journal entry. And you're like, I know you read that whole thing in 15 seconds, like three hours ago. So why are you (laughs) pretending like you just found new stuff again? You know, you don't read that slowly. Um, In a flashback, we see them meet at a neighborhood barbecue. And we see Steve's wife, Annie, um, Annie. Annie. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> Annie Banks. Um, but yeah, they have the creepiest conversation about cheeseburgers I have ever heard in my entire life. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, where they're like clearly just talking about like women yeah, as pieces gross. of meat. But it's like so gross. Also, like it's weird that you would just meet somebody and then like I have like, a conversation a vibe. and understand <laughs> what the other person was talking about. Because I feel like if somebody like was like, you know. They say it's just a plain burger, but there's something special about it. I would be like, oh, really? How do you season them? (laughs) I would not. Oh, what's different about it? But I guess that's because I'm not a murderer. You know, I really just love uh, hamburgers in any form, so you don't have to do anything (laughs) fancy for me. I I am not picky about my burgers. (laughs) And they'd be like, wow, this this person's really a murderer, but it's not. I just really like cheeseburgers. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, Harris is still unbothered and reminds them if they had anything on him, he'd be in a cell by now. And they're, he's right. He's, he's, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> they still have no concrete evidence or a good reason to suspect we, him. We don't even know what circumstantial evidence. They, as far as we concern, or as far as we are concerned, they picked a random man off the street. Like there's nothing about yeah. this guy. They're like, who in this area has been previously accused of rape? Yeah. That guy. But the charges were dropped. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the neighborhood kids come over and they're just being a bunch of dicks to Andrea. It's weird. Like I, I, they always do this in TV shows and stuff where it's like, they're like, oh, 
I guess your dad's a murderer, huh? And a rapist. He probably rapes you too. You're all gross. We hate you all. Like you're like that wouldn't happen. No, you would just ostracize that person, right? Like, like if I, which I is also a, very mean and damaging. But like that's but what would happen. Do, like oh, you're freaky family. Like yeah, you, no, this is no. If you really thought that somebody's like parent was just an absolute vicious monster murdering monster yeah. you would probably leave that girl alone yeah you'd be afraid of the whole <laughs> I family i wouldn't be right? fucking with that family yeah <laughs> i would be leaving them alone and trying to stay way the hell off their radar yes <laughs> yeah it's so weird yeah uh but yeah steve comes out and tells them all to go away and they're like sure whatever mm-hmm. and just wander off back to the beach yeah. They're all like decked out in their beach gear walking down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Steve tells her to come over if she needs anything. She's like, mm, I don't think so. Just goes yeah. back in the house and he just really creepily watches her walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team wonder how uh, Harris and Steve, uh, I guess they don't know who he is yet, but the partner, we know he's Steve, yeah. um, managed to work out their times for the murder club meetings mm-hmm. because they don't like ever mention it mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, and meanwhile, Andrea overhears an argument between Steve and his wife, but they're just apparently screaming at each other on the, In front, the front porch, yard, yeah. I guess, um, and sees him storm out of the house. And she's like, oh, he's moody. It's a white man in his 40s who's moody and came over to check on us. I better follow him. Does she call the FBI? No, no. No, I assume they left her the card because they always leave a card. Yeah. And they're like, call us if you remember know. anything. You could just call 911. That would also work, yeah. right? Uh, but they do not do that. She just follows him uh-huh. off alone. Like a 16-year-old would. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not even inconspicuously. She's just... Very conspicuously yeah, following like him over to there. like the marina. Yeah. Um, again, it's like when the kids at school try to sneak up on me. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, did you know I was coming? I'm like, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, the team still can't figure out what signal they must have given each other to alert the other if there was a new victim. Like, is it hanging a flag? Like, wouldn't it be great if there's just a flag they randomly put? Well, at first I was like, because, yeah, they said something like hanging a flag. And I was like, oh, like you could put it on your boat because like the Mm. marina seems to be in view of their houses because they're right on the, you know, like one of those like intercoastal things. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I was like, oh, yeah, that maybe that's what they do. Like, I couldn't remember what it turned out to be, but I could totally see them just like running a flag up on the boat. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, okay, that's it's not that it's not that it's It's something that doesn't make any sense. I hate it. Um, But yeah, uh, Reed suggests it could have been something visible or audible. But if it was audible, they'd have to be close enough to hear it. And Reed notes that some of the poetry they've been writing to each other <laughs> might be song lyrics. Mm-hmm. And they are. They're the <gasps> lyrics to Tom Petty's Here Comes My Girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, first of all, how dare you? That's what I wrote. <laughs> I said, how dare they use Tom Petty this way? I know. Rest it's like peace. ruining Billy Joel's only yes. good day. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can you just, like, why can't they use Nickelback? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need this ruined for me. How dare you, sir? Uh, they also, and then Hotch remembers that that was the song that was playing on the car radio when they pulled into the neighborhood. And I had forgotten about that, but then I remembered that when they were pulling in, there was like all of this noise happening in a radio. And I remember thinking, like in that scene, this is too loud. There's too much like, noise. Like, why is there so much noise yeah, happening? Well, because he wasn't even it. So, so where do they play it? Just, because he wasn't Did they his, just drive? He got a notification on his phone. Yeah. And I thought 
the notification on his phone was why. Was that like a red herring? That was really was his work? I guess. And that somewhere in the background in that cacophony was yeah. Tom Petty's song? I didn't go back and watch it again, but no. it, it must have been. Because I remember like I thinking, like, to, why is there so much noise happening? Because I hate this. Because in the flashback, <laughs> it's like very clearly playing. And in the actual moment, it doesn't stick out at all. No, because there's like the cars squealing up and there's the cops and the sirens yeah. and like everybody's talking. And, and you would think if it was that big of a deal that it would have been very clearly playing. Because if it was, it wouldn't have meant anything to us at the time, but we would have noticed and remembered once they pointed it out. Yeah, because I would have noticed that because I love Tom Petty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but even, yeah, there was so much. if we did accidentally kill him. Yeah, I know. It's so Ugh. sad. <laughs> We did not, disclaimer, actually kill Tom Petty. No. We just saw one of his last concerts before he died. And, and now we feel really sad. sad about it. I know. Yeah. It was one of the best concerts I have ever seen in my life, too. Yeah. He was great. He was really great. And I've seen Tom Petty before, and it was even better than the first yeah. time I had seen him. Yeah. yeah. And miraculously, he was touring with Joe Walsh, and Joe Walsh is still alive. Yeah. I would not have guessed that by the what state Joe Walsh fate. was in <laughs> yeah. when we saw that. What a twist of fate. Yeah. Anyway, um, that makes just makes me even more upset about Tom Petty's legacy. Know. God damn it, <laughs> criminal minds. Uh, they are able to narrow it down to Stephen Bailman because yeah. he's, I guess, the only person in their neighborhood who's a white man in the 40, in his 40s who it's in Sarasota, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's lived in Florida his whole life mm-hmm. because he knows the word turnpike. Yes. Yes. Um, no, it was him and one other guy, but the other guy was on disability, so it couldn't be that other guy. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, but Steve catches Andrea following him. Mm-hmm. and like, Because she's not sneaky. No. She's just like creeping up on yeah. him. <laughs> but he manages to circle back and sneak up on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Annie tells uh, Prentice that Steve has been angry and unsettled all day. And Mrs. Harris tells Hutch that they can't find Andrea and that Andrea was suspicious of Steve. So Harris denies having any connection to Steve beyond just being neighbors. Uh, Hutch brings Mrs. Harris in and she tells him that Steve and Andrea are both missing. And Harris is like, no, don't worry about it. It's almost over. And you're like, what is wrong yeah. with you? Uh, but she tells him that she didn't post bail because she doesn't trust him. Mm. So he's like, oh, shit, I'm not getting out of here. I was really glad to see her finally start getting mad, though I thought her speech was like weirdly focused on her and her own relationship with him. And there wasn't enough about like panicking about where Yeah, her like daughter our daughter is. is like, he obviously doesn't care about you. Right. But like he might care about Andrea. Yeah. And it was just like do you know how much I've put up with and not like, where the fuck is our daughter, you monster? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, Morgan and Rossi remind Harris what they did to the other women and that Steve is currently doing all those same things to Andrea. And Morgan he's like, is like shaking uh, with rage. Yeah. Harris is like, oh, I don't like the idea of that, but I don't know if I'm ready to admit anything yeah. <laughs> you're like it's infuriating uh the whole team is just like appalled that he will not betray his partner even to save his own daughter i mean it's pretty appalling yeah and morgan finally just like yells at him and tells him to like finally man up and be a father mm-hmm. um so uh then we see the door to the marina warehouse or whatever open and um harris arrives to help andrea who realizes that the fact that he knew where to find her uh-huh. is a little concerning yeah um 
And uh, then the conversation that he and Steve have, then she's just like, oh, my God, like yeah. realizing that her dad is in on this with mm-hmm. him the whole time. Um, but uh, Harris is also bugged because obviously they're sitting outside in a van. Yeah. Um, so they hear all the conversation between him and Steve and rush, to, rush in to arrest them both and take them in. But here's like, the thing. Was anything that they really said incriminating enough to... I- I don't not like nothing. It's incriminating, but not, but not a like, full confession, right? It's like, like and they. I can't remember what Steve says, but he says something, and they're like, "That's it. That's the confession." And you're yeah. like, "That wasn't a confession." No, it's like they haven't really. Like you they're should very, let them talk more. They're very good at being cryptic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there's no time for that because by the time Harris got in there, there was only like three minutes left in the episode. That's true. So. Uh, but yeah, like poor Andrea. Uh, Prentice is like hugging her and trying to console her until she's returned back to her mother. Yeah. And Andrea's like, please, let's just go away. Let's go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You're like, please. And also change your name and never, yeah. ever, ever speak to your monster of a husband and father ever again. Yeah. Like, let him run prison. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we get our last quote. British historian C. Northcote Parkinson <laughs> said, <laughs> delay is the deadliest form of denial. Mm. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a rushed ending. Yeah. They spend so much build-up time. I don't know. So much build-up time just with this, like, cat and mouse kind of thing that they're doing with Harris that's just dumb. And, and they're and just, they like, don't... just keep, they're wasting all their time just being, like, Look how gay you are. Right, right. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it's just all homophobia and none <laughs> yeah. of like the, here's all the reasons why we suspect him and why you should care about this cat and mouse game that we're doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, just like, it was such, it was a, it a was good a f- premise, a fun episode. But it fell short. Like, yeah. Like they could have done better. And it those was missing the, so much. Those are the episodes I hate the most is when it's like, I mean, some of them are just bad and it was going to be bad no matter what. Yeah. But it's like this one, it's like you've got an amazing set of guest stars. Like mm-hmm. everybody in it is really good. Yeah. Like the guy who plays William, he was um, Julius Kane on The Good Wife and The Good Fight. I don't know if you watched each of those shows, but they were both very good. No, I didn't watch them. But and he was good in them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the daughter is really good. Yeah. Um, obviously, mean, she, you've she, got, she, got Brian McKenzie. Right. <laughs> like, it's like you should have. It it should have been so good, but they like focused on and the you get so little of Brian like, McKenzie, who like again swinging for the fences, playing against type. We want to see that. Yeah, we want to see him doing his thing, and you get very very little. His like he's seen so little in it. Yeah, and what he is when he is on it, he's scary. Yeah, like he's yeah. like legitimately like because he is so clean cut, and you you think of him as being like this nice kid from this movie you loved when you were a child. Mm-hmm. And, and he the- seems so like, I don't want to say not subservient, but just like, so I don't know, like small and harmless and just, yeah, just very innocuous. Yes. Like he's yeah. the kind of person that like, if you looked at him, you would never be like concerned. Right. You know, not even me who I said, I'm <laughs> You're nervous afraid about all middle-aged white men, <laughs> not Brian McKenzie. No. Um, like, yeah, it just, it's not as well executed as it could have been knowing, like seeing how much potential is there. It's disappointing when it gets to the end. Yeah. I would have liked there to be more so they could do something with it. Um, we do get one of each though. One white yeah. man, one, not a white man. 
seven to five. So 58% white men for season four. Um, overall, we are at 71 white men to 15 not. So about, wow, that really dropped. Yeah. Um, to uh, 82.5% about yeah. of white men. Not really a profile to score here because they already got their guy. We have no reason why. I bet if they gave a profile at some point, we would have maybe understood their reasoning why. Other than like black man in Florida previously accused of a, a sexual crime. Yeah. I mean, the only vague shred of a profile we get is when they tell Andrea to look out for a white man. Yeah. Who's checking yeah. in on them. Yeah, it's, That's it. it's strange. <laughs> and they give a little bit, like, when they're talking to Garcia about, like, narrow them down. That, like, Yeah, but there's no real profile. There's no real profile. Um, I don't think there's anything to comment on for the Hotch Watch because he didn't really do anything. This was very a Morgan and Rossi and somewhat Reed-centric episode. Yeah. Reed doing his linguistics thing, the other don't two being homophobic <laughs> as hell. <laughs> oh, that was, oh. It was so uncomfortable to mm-hmm. watch it. I, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, two, uh, 2009 was a time. <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel like at some point, well, and maybe that's just because I'm an elder millennial, but the the now that they're getting like closer, it feels like they're getting closer and closer to now. Like we're up to 2009. It's like, you know, we started this. We're like, oh, man, 2005. <laughs> what, what a time to be alive. And then at what point do I'm like, you know, it's like when somebody says that the 90s were... Yeah. So long ago. And I know, like, like no, 2009 that. wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I saw oh, a thing. No. It must have been a TikTok I saw that somebody pointed out that Jonathan Taylor Thomas is now older than Tim Allen was when Home Improvement started. And I was like, <gasps> right? Mm hmm. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or that, like, when that 70s show came out, it would be the same now, like that. As making of that 90s show, which they've now made. No, <laughs> no it was something even sooner than the 90s because that show came, when that show came out, it was like 20 years or something. Yeah. So it'd be like the same as making a like that 2000s show or something. I, I can't know. remember. That's what this is. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's that's what Criminal, Criminal Minds is. is. That 2000 show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that 70s show was in 1998. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, we're old. Oh, God, we're old. (laughs) We're so old. (laughs) We're just so, so old is what that boils down to. Just like when I see young people on the TikTok doing uh, vintage hauls of their mother's clothing, and it's like what I wore every day in high school. I know. Yeah, my 10-year-old does that all the time. She's like, look at this cool outfit I put together. And like, look at my cool vintage cool, outfit. Cool, you're wearing the same thing I used to wear. She's like, look at these cool things. They're called butterfly clips. And like, get out of here. <laughs> it's okay. When she starts like banana curling all of her hair and then doing the rows of butterfly, <laughs> butterfly clips, back, then we know that we've jumped the shark yes. on 90s clothes. Yeah. Um, well... The next episode is Bloodline. Oh, my God. This one is so good. I mm-hmm. love this one. It's, yeah. I feel like there's a couple. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a couple good things to talk about. Yeah. This next one. Um, 
Yeah, this is good. I'm so excited to talk about this one. You're like, oh boy, this is going to be fun and problematic as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like all the best episodes of Criminal Minds. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't have anything else to say other than that. There's like, we can't do any of our regular shtick because this episode broke the mold. Yep. They just did their own thing. Formula well, be damned. <sighs> Let's just hope that we're one step closer to getting JJ back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, well, this like coincided with her actual maternity leave. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm curious to see how much longer how much that time they on. actually gave her for maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they don't give you much in Hollywood. Yeah, you don't need it. Well, wherever you're listening, be sure to give us a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at the Unsub is a White Man. You can find our merch on Redbubble. If you get any, make sure you post and tag us. We'll share you to our stories. Our theme music was composed and performed by Nate Youngblood. The podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And until next week, we'll be hanging out on the Devil's Strip.